and welcome to the Stuff Up Podcast, a place where we're going to delve into different topics to learn more about ourselves and more about others, but also while having lots of fun. Hey guys, welcome to my second episode and thank you for tuning in. Today I discuss singleness in the church with my best friend Vivian. Vivian and I actually met in 2007. We both attended the Ravi Zacharias International Ministries Summer School in Oxford. She's originally from the US and I live in Canada. So we met on Facebook in our ZIM group. I remember asking, is anyone else going to the summer school? And she commented back and then we just added each other on Facebook and we met up at the airport and that was 13 years ago and we're still best friends. <laughs> Vivian and I have talked about singleness a lot over the years because we've both experienced a lot of the same issues. Before I get into the Zoom call with Vivian, I just wanted to share a little story. So my nephew is seven years old and he said to me, Aunt Stephanie, can I meet the guy you're gonna marry? And I was like, oh, why do you want to meet the guy I'm going to marry? And he said, because I want to know what he's going to be like. And I said, me too, buddy. Me too. It's really adorable and really cute. And it just made me laugh because I also want to know what the guy is like who I'm going to marry. If I do end up getting married, who knows what the future holds. Anyways, listen in as Vivian and I discuss singleness in the church. Okay, so I'm going to talk to you because we've talked about this a lot, you and I. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) About singleness, especially, not just, well, especially in the church. Well, and I feel like this is such a, not a hot topic, but it it kind of is because I think people feel quite passionate about it either way. And of course, when it's something so personal and such a desire for so many people and something marriage usually most people wind up getting married and so it's a very natural thing and of course when it's not happening you know like there are these questions and this longing and how do you deal with that as a believer so I had some questions but I just wanted to have basically dialogue but so you grew up in Florida and mm-hmm. then you moved to Hungary and I think we just we'd established that was four years ago I thought it was yeah, longer and you were like no and I'm like are you sure <laughs> And I remember you telling me, because I will complain to you about my experiences in the church where, (laughs) okay, when I was in my 20s, I was put with a college and career, which was normal because I was college and career. Then in my 30s, it was kind of like, uh, they still put me with college and career, but I sort of felt a little bit different, even though I guess I sort of acted like I was, people thought I was in my 20s, which was nice. There was a, a little bit of a well, these people are like 21 and I'm like 35 or whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I felt there was such a separation. Yes. Whereas I didn't know where I fit. I was like, okay, well, I don't really fit with a college and career. I don't, I mean, I have some friends who are young parents or newly married was okay. But then when the kids came Mm -hmm. along, um, then there's a new group to join after that. (laughs) It's a different dynamic. So I didn't really fit in with them. And then there was the older groups. And I would, I mean, I had friends from different groups, but Mm -hmm. you kind of want to, when you want to make friends or have people, a group to hang out with, it's a little bit tricky. So, but you said 
it was a little bit different in Hungary and Europe, but there's a different dynamic within the church. I don't know if necessarily it's a different dynamic. I would say I feel my singleness less here. And I think in America, maybe the American and North American society, it's very individualistic, whereas here it's more community minded. And maybe it's because I go to small churches here, but we don't have these big like segregations. We're all one church. We're all together. And I, I kind of feel like with churches in America and Canada, it's, it is sometimes helpful to be with and be around other people who are in the same life stage as you, because I think it's, it's helpful, you know, as a single, it is nice to talk to someone else who has also been a long-term single, or if you're a newlywed, it is nice to talk to other newlyweds. But I, I sometimes feel like maybe we have too much segregation. Is it necessary to meet weekly with just the singles group? Or is it necessary to meet so often in these different clusters. And I feel like it's, it's kind of healthier if we're more integrated because we can all learn from each other. Definitely with my church here, I do, I feel it less. We're also a very young church. There are a lot of young people, a lot of singles as well. And so that could be part of the dynamic too, or part of the reason, but I also think it, it could just be the more community aspect of it. And so naturally we're all always together. And so there isn't just this, oh, well, singles, you go there, marrieds, you go here, older people, you know, you go there. And it's a, in a way, a better picture of the church. I think yeah. when we're all kind of integrated together. So, and not to say that it's in every church in North America, but cause my mom's like, well, my church isn't like that. Well, that's cool. But my experience and having, mm-hmm. cause my mom isn't single. So she's <laughs> I'm like, well, okay, maybe you experience it differently than I have, but right. And I know they try. One of the pastors who I love at my church in Toronto, I mean, he tried to, he was so awesome. He tried his best. And I think the intentions are, are good, but yeah, maybe maybe it's not the best thing to do, you know? Or yeah, we should do these smaller groups and segregate every now and then because it, it can be helpful. I guess it's just the question is how much? Because like you were saying, you didn't know where you fit in. You know, where do you mm-hmm. go? Because now with the the singles group, it's just all young kids, you know, or I shouldn't say young kids, but you know, 20s. Young adults. They're, yeah. adult. <laughs> They're like the younger generation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell them I'm Youngins. old and they're like, don't say that because I guess I kind of hang out with them and act like them sometimes, mm-hmm. um, which is fun. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, I'm so much older than you guys. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of funny. I make it a joke, but. Uh Uh-huh. It kind of brings up the point that in a way, what do long-term single people do then? Where do they fit in? Because it's almost like, well, if I didn't get married by now, now I don't fit in anywhere. And in, in you know, in this group, when this, you know, the the church is trying to be helpful, but in a sense, it kind of, how do I say it? It kind of just brings up the situation more that, oh, I should be married by now. I should be having kids by now. And I'm not. And so, yeah, yeah, then it it can be hard to find your place, I think, in the church. Yeah, that's one thing I found, and it is getting better. Like, I grew up in the 80s where (laughs) things were a lot different. There's a lot more legalism. (laughs) There's a lot more rules. And I remember remember saying to myself when I was, like, a teenager, I was like, if I'm not married by the time I'm 30, I'm going to kill myself. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was really dumb, but one thing I find in the church sometimes is that they do make, I think people just make too much a big thing because Paul said he was called the singleness. 
Uh-huh. Well, and you know what's interesting that I learned recently that when the Apostle Paul is referring to the gift of singleness, the word he used, and I could be pronouncing it wrong, I think it was, he didn't use the word duran or something like that in the Greek, which means like a normal gift, a present. The word he used was charisma or something like that, where it actually means spiritual gift. And the interesting thing about spiritual gifts is like the gift of prophecy. That's a spiritual gift. A lot of times it was a gift that wasn't wanted because it came with a lot of challenges and it, it can be very scary. (laughs) And um, the gift of singleness is the same thing. It's a spiritual gift. And so I think people need to realize that often it's not a gift that generally most people want. And so I think there should be, Yeah, I I guess I would say that there should be, I think, a bit more compassion because when people say, oh, but it's a gift, you should be happy, you should be content, why aren't you content? And it's like, those things aren't mutually exclusive, you know, I might be content in it, but it doesn't mean I can't desire something. When Paul said, I am content in everything, like when I'm full, when I'm hungry, and when he was hungry, he had a need, but he was still content. It doesn't mean he didn't desire food, but keep in mind, we wouldn't have necessarily chosen it on our own. It comes with its, its challenges and it doesn't necessarily mean we're not content. I think, I feel like that's what I would say in in those situations years and years ago where I used to hear that all the time where (laughs) people would say to me, oh, well, you're just not content. You're just not content. And of course it would cause me to reflect, self-reflect and really question myself like, am I not content? You know, what's wrong with me? And feeling like there was something wrong with me just because I desired to be married and people were telling me, well, you should just be happy. Well, I mean, I'm happy, but it doesn't mean I don't want to be married. Marriage is a gift too. (laughs) And, you know, it's kind of like, well, dear Lord, can I just exchange my gift then? (laughs) (laughs) A gift of prophecy? Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, you and I were watching some videos by a woman named Tiffany Dawn, Mm -hmm. and I was watching some more (laughs) today, and she was talking about, she was talking about the contentness of being single. Mm -hmm. People were saying like, um, you need to be content and you need to not, no longer desire to get married. Mm -hmm. And she's like, because when you desire to get married, you're not going to get it. But when you stop desiring to get married, you will get it. (laughs) That kind of seems like a cruel joke that God would play, like, well, you don't want it anymore. I'm going to give it to you now. (laughs) Right. Actually, you know, if you think about it, and I don't know if people even realize it, but what you're actually saying is God gives you what you don't want. Yeah, which is complete opposite of that that verse. Yeah, that's totally opposite of, yeah. God will give you the (laughs) desires of your heart. (laughs) And also, that almost means, like, you need to earn. You, You earn marriage. So if you're actually content, then you've earned it and he will give it to you. And so I think in a sense that it's implying that, you know, that, that, that you earn marriage. And when you reach this level of godliness and contentment, then, then you will get this good and wonderful gift. Yeah. And then on the other end, it's, it's, it's kind of odd because you essentially are saying, well, you know, he's not going to give it to you when you want it. And then once you're content and you don't want to be married, then I'll give you a husband. And it's like, but why would he do that if he said it's actually better to be single? You know, mm. why would he then say, "All right, I'm going to give you this, so you have you know less time to focus on me"? 
That's really funny. Actually, it's funny, all the different ideas people have put into not just singleness, but other things. Mm -hmm. And also how they put that on you. Like, this is judgy. Like, Mm -hmm. you have to you have to be content (laughs) meanwhile they're married and they're complaining about their spouse every other month I don't know I mean I get it and I think also married people will say this to single people like you're elevating marriage you're saying you're Mm, you're putting it on a pedestal idolatry you're turning it into an idol yeah and it's Mm -hmm. like well okay first of all you don't know me especially those people who really don't know you and they're Mm -hmm. just saying that (laughs) it's like uh, I understand marriage is not easy yeah, and I not. see a lot of terrible marriages. I mean, it, the good marriages would be awesome, but they're right. still hard. It's a right. relationship. I think in a lot of these situations, and I've, I've done this a lot. <laughs> I've done this for years where you hear the pastor say something, I guess with technology. Now we can listen to podcasts and watch videos. I feel like one person says something and someone else repeats it. And so without even thinking of it, this is just sort of the generic answer of, well, you're just not content or you're making an idol out of marriage. Cause it seems like I would hear the same things from different people, but it's almost like we're all just repeating what some of the famous pastors would say without actually thinking about it and reflecting on it. And, you know, really thinking about actually what does the Bible say? And that's not to say there weren't amazing people who, never said that to me. You know, there were incredible people who had compassion and they understood the struggles of, you know, being single and the desire for marriage. But yeah, I have, I I feel like part of the issue sometimes is that we hear these pastors say something, our own pastors say things, and we just kind of repeat it without actually thinking about it and without actually thinking about how it affects the person. And, you know, maybe sometimes they're, they're, they're not wrong. But I think in those situations, it should be said in love and in kindness. And it should come from someone who does know you. Or, and this happens all the time, not just with sermons, but everybody, they'll take one thing that somebody said, and they take it a little bit out of context. There's a lot of Christian sayings that we we do, like, well, we're supposed to say this, or we're supposed to say that. And like, eh, that doesn't really help anybody. That's true. And I think sometimes people are uncomfortable and they maybe don't know what to say. And so that's kind of their way of handling maybe what's an awkward situation for them. Mm -hmm. And so they just give you this kind of generic answer. But really, we just we just want someone to listen to understand how we're feeling and just have some empathy, you know, and, and maybe give us some encouragement. You know, that's kind of what we want to hear. Not not that we're some bad Christian who will get a husband when we deserve him and just be content, you know? And um, What kind of husband do I even want? Or like, I don't want just any guy. Um, (laughs) There was something I was looking for. And I don't know, you know, on Facebook when there's memes and you don't know if the person actually quoted it. (laughs) Uh But I posted one and it says, John F. Kennedy said it, but it says, too often we enjoy the comfort of opinion without the discomfort of thought. And so when you were talking about like, yeah, someone's opinion, like Mm -hmm. a pastor may interpret uh, a scripture or that's his opinion on it. And then uh, somebody in the church will hear it and think like, they won't actually think about it. They just Mm -hmm. like repeat it. And mm-hmm. I know, like, I've done that most of oh, my yeah, life in the I church. Have. I've done that a lot. <laughs> now that, you know, I started thinking about things after a while, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't know. 
necessarily agree. Yeah, I think sometimes we can like drop these like truth bombs because I think there are times when things are true and people bring these truths to us, but it's like, okay, bring me truth, but you don't have to bomb me with truth. Like <laughs> be <laughs> kind and gracious and <laughs> please come to me gently, you know? And, and I think in that sense, obviously we're more willing to hear and, and more willing to receive the message. If we are idolizing marriage, because that definitely does happen, it can happen. And we're all, I don't think the word is liable, but we're all, we all have the ability to idolize anything. So definitely, you know, if you do believe that someone is making marriage or their relationships, if they're idolizing it, then yeah, speak into someone's life. But I think often it's, it's just a longing that someone has and they just simply kind of want you to listen and, and mm-hmm. you know, sort of empathize. But also the, the whole thing about contentedness is just be content in life. Like that's just for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, to have gratitude, to be thankful for what you do have. Right. But it doesn't mean that you lost desire for other things. And another thing Tiffany Dawn said is that people, <laughs> singles are sometimes being told, well, just enjoy it. Always, mm. always enjoy it. And mm. it's not really, I mean, it, yeah, enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot because I don't mm-hmm. have to ask somebody else's like, eh, you can do what you want really. <laughs> but you don't, you can't possibly enjoy everything all the time. So right, 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 right. Yeah. just like, sometimes we have those moments. Like I've had those moments where I, I remember one time years and years ago when my sister first got married and it was Thanksgiving and it was, we went for a walk and it was my parents and then my sister and her husband and me. And I'm, I'm the fifth wheel. <laughs> and it just felt like you long for those moments to have somebody else like mentioned to somebody else. Well, I, I kind of, in that moment, I long for it or whatever. Mm-hmm, and then they mm-hmm. give you this whole blanket answer. You need to be content. And you're just like, okay. <laughs> well, and it, it hurts because actually it's a moment of vulnerability for you, you know, to be able to share something that's really a deep desire in your heart, you're sharing it with someone and then you get a very kind of unkind, lacking compassion kind of response. And, and in a lot of ways, I feel like society and even in the church, they make it hard to be single, to be honest, because of these segregation of groups. And because just overall, it seems to be kind of the goal for everyone. And it it can be difficult to be single because oftentimes when someone does get married or your friends get married or whatever. I mean, obviously you expect to spend less time with them, but far too many times it almost becomes non-existent. The relationship almost completely deteriorates. You hardly hear from them. And so I think the difficulty can be as friends get married, you suddenly lose your community because now they have literally no time for you or don't want to spend time with you now they they have their husband and they want to spend their time with him and then okay you know maybe with other married women because now they're in that life stage but in a sense once again you're segregating and so it can be hard to be single because then it's you almost feel left behind mm-hmm. in a sense and then people pair up or group up or whatever and it's like well who's my group and so in one regard i think that's one thing i appreciate about living in hungary because it is more about community and it is more about, it's not just your spouse have this big extended family that you would spend time with. And even within the church, it's, we spend a lot of time together and not just in our Bible groups or home groups or whatever, that is something where, thank God, at least here, there is more of a community mentality. 
on the flip side though, which I think in America, there's less looking down on people. And I'm not sure what it's like in Canada, but at least in America, I think they don't look down on you as much if you are single, older and single. Whereas I think in Eastern Europe, if you're not married, like by the time you're 30 maximum, then you're like the spinster. So in society overall, not within the church, but in society, yeah, it's kind of definitely looked down upon. Um, Even now in this day and yes. age? Oh. It's changing. It's changing. But yeah, that that sort of stigma is still mm-hmm. there. And it, it's kind of like, well, what's wrong with you if you aren't married yet? You should be married by now. Just be married. And, what's and wrong like, with you? <laughs> That's my <laughs> and favorite. Exactly. Like, you see a lot of people, they're married, but they're miserable. So they elevate marriage and it's almost like there's something wrong with you if you're not married. And yet so many people are unhappy who are. So I would say overall within the society, there is that sort of stigma, but at least within the church and, you know, at least you don't feel alone because you do still have your family and you do still have your community. So definitely grateful for that. And I think that helps a lot, to be honest, to have people and to have a community because we weren't meant to live alone. So, (laughs) you know, there's the other flip side of it. People are saying, well, just be happy, just be content. And yes, there are a lot of great things about it, but at the same time, it it can also be hard to find community and to find people to be with because sometimes they're too busy with their own families. I've felt that before and it's almost like a, not a knee jerk reaction, but yeah, sometimes there's this fear when a friend starts, to maybe be be in a relationship or there's this kind of fear where it's like, oh, are they going to ghost me (laughs) or, uh, you know, (laughs) what's going to happen here? Well, that's why sometimes I prefer to have, because I've had single friends who were single, then they found their spouse. And then I kind of would lose that friendship after a while. Mm -hmm. Whereas I told you, well, in the older you get, you find it where you've already, you meet people who are already married. Mm-hmm. And it's easier because, you know, they're already like, cool, my spouse, whatever. Like a year later, they're kind of like, I'm over the honeymoon phase. Uh-huh. And then they're, they're, they're ready to hang out with, <laughs> with friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's kind of easier because then I don't have to go through that, oh, mm-hmm. you've already been through the marriage. So they're, they're just your friend now and it's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and their spouse can be your friend. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is and to be fun. fair, I do feel like still – a lot of churches, they do encourage, and a lot of the women kind of want to spend time away from their husbands, you know, and I think, (laughs) like, that's so healthy when you have other relationships, and you're happy to spend time with your friends and other family members, because then, like, it's good to be away from your spouse, because then you miss each other, it's good to miss each other, and it actually makes your relationship with your spouse healthier, and I really, I don't think your spouse is meant to be your everything. You know, that's why God gave us friends. That's why God gave us other family members. You know, some of us have siblings and these, all these relationships should be maintained and they're all unique, you know, in the way that they can minister to you and, and just, and how, you know, the relationship works and what you can get, you know, and what you can get through it. And um, yeah, so they should all be celebrated, of course maintained (laughs) and then when they have kids it's even more so leave the Mm. kids at home with the husband and Mm -hmm. then go out (laughs) yeah I know my sister wished she had that oh yeah 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 
<laughs> yeah, and the amazing men. I, I do. I remember this in, in one of my churches back at home in Florida. Like the guys, the husbands, they were more than happy to take care of the kids and they, they did it. And it was wow. great. It was so awesome seeing that and just how encouraging they were to their wives, you know, letting them go on this trip and just happy to, to spend that, that time with the kids alone with them. And you know, That's so cool. everyone, yeah, everyone benefited from it. So I think like my, how I grew up, mom still did everything. And mm. I know certain family members, it's the same where like, well, the guy just sleeps into whatever time mm-hmm. and he doesn't mm-hmm. like, he's like, well, I'm ready. Why aren't you ready? And she's like running mm-hmm. around trying to get the kids ready. It's nice when men are not fifties and sixties type men anymore, where they actually, you know, the stereotypical fifties man where they actually help out. And they're like doing their, I love the videos on YouTube where they're like doing their daughter's hair. And I'm like, I'm playing Barbies with them. I'm like, Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I also wanted to ask you or talk about was we've had some funny stories about what people have said to us. Oh gosh. (laughs) Like I, okay. So one time I, I was at this church and that was when Lord of the Rings came out. I loved Orlando Bloom. And I was just mm-hmm. like, kind of like, oh, Orlando Bloom. And I was telling the one lady about <laughs> something. And she goes, oh, well, no wonder you're single. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow. I think this lady really didn't, because there was a lot of things she's actually said to me, or she did used to say to me over the years that I look mm. back and I'm like, wow, I don't think she had a filter. Although I had, didn't have a filter for a long time either. Well, it depends. But anyways, things like that, I mean, it's quite hurtful. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, I, I but it wasn't like I was obsessed. But um, what did it even mean? Like, why? Because you like Orlando Bloom? That's why you're single? I don't get it. I don't get it either. I was like, <laughs> it's not like I'm sitting outside his house as a creepy fan. I just kind of liked him. And I was telling her something about yeah or or like I had a friend nobody's ever said this to me why I don't know (laughs) she was told oh you're so pretty how come you're how are you not married when you're so pretty and it's like wow you got to start to think something's wrong with you Mm -hmm. where I always used to think everything was wrong with me anyway because I had such bad Mm -hmm. self-esteem but that yeah. just makes it worse. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, because is that a compl- it's like a compliment, but an insult at the same time. Yes, actually. It's, it's funny now, but at the time when it's said to you, it's not funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it hurts, I'm sure. I've had some interesting things said to me that really, really hurt at the time. But now I, I look back on it and I, I have to laugh. But I do think there is a little part of me that still hurts a little bit from it. But I have heard things like, I should be happy that I'm single because then I can go on the mission field and it's okay if I die. <laughs> and, you know, because I don't have kids, I don't have a spouse, I don't have any, anyone I'm responsible for, so I'm free. <laughs> I'm like, but I have a family that would miss me, you know? And it, it just, it made me feel like I'm, um, what's Indispens- the word? Wait, dispensable? I'm dispensable. I'm dispensable, but they're not. Yeah. You know, or like God says, Oh gosh, I can't send them. They're married. Let me send this person. She's single. That's not how God does it. So it's not even biblical to say that whether you're married or single kids, no kids, he, he will call you wherever and go if you're faithful and kids. Okay. Nope. I'm not going to call you until they're out of the house or whatever. So I, I remember that comment at the time, it really, really stung. And now I'm just like, I can't believe it. And, and the thing is too, I don't, 
think they meant it in a hurtful way. And so that's one thing I've had to kind of tell myself. They didn't mean it in a mean way, but yeah, it just, it totally came out wrong. And it yeah. was a guy who said it actually. So I don't, I don't think he, he realized, you know, how that sort of came across. It kind of makes me think, let's round up all the singles and put them, <laughs> send them over in the mission field. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I've heard this was really interesting and really surprising because I had heard it from a pastor. Basically, there was a church being planted and there was talk about hiring a secretary. He made a comment that if a female is hired, he would prefer that she be married. Of course, me being single, <laughs> like, I, not that I wanted the job, but I was wondering, I'm, I'm curious, why? You know, why, why, do, why does she have to be married? And um, the comment was that single people are more dangerous because we don't have anyone to go home to. And so there is maybe more of a risk of potentially an affair happening or something like that. And it just blew my mind because married people aren't dangerous, you know, they don't have affairs. (laughs) And um, yeah, of course I I kind of argued against it. I was really offended, you know, because Mm -hmm. it's that really hurt because then it's like, Oh, so I'm dangerous because I'm single. I definitely said my my words about it because I didn't think it, it was a fair comment. Essentially, he was saying that single people have nothing to lose. Married people do. They have a family usually. And I said, well, but we have nothing to gain if we were to have an affair. You know, like why? Plus it, it's it, choice. Yeah. If you're married, there's tons of married people who have affairs with other married people. And it's mm-hmm. happened in yeah. like a church my parents, when I was born, the church they went mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. The secret. Oh no, sorry, she was single. Okay. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> the past. Anyway, no, it, it happened with it the pastor. Yeah, but it, it happens, happens whether way. you're married or single. Yeah. But it's a choice that you make. Um, Having and boundaries. Have and, boundaries. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> but it makes me laugh too. But I would say those are the two things that really kind of stand out as far as you know some of the crazy things. <laughs> that were said to me. Did you ever have any like rules as a Christian about dating? Like I know when we were growing up, Joshua Harris's book, um, I kissed dating goodbye was the Mm. big thing. And I actually never read it. So I don't know all the details. My sister read it though. And so it was all about courtship. And we thought that like, that was the ultimate. That's like the most Christian thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I mean, in one case I know, it ended up like they're married, but it's not a good marriage, but they did that. Like that's happened a lot with people. Uh And then later on in life, I heard, you know, it's good to just get out and meet people and date because Mm -hmm. then you kind of see what you like, you see what you don't like, you see what the different types of people that are out there. Whereas like this person, they didn't really see that. They're like the first guy that showed interest. It was like, Oh, cool. He's the one. And then they get married and then they're Mm -hmm. miserable, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, did you guys, did you have any like rules or like kind of things that were not necessarily, <laughs> it's like in the Christian world, it's Christian, but it's not necessarily like a, a real thing. Like, <laughs> I feel like I've changed so much on this. I want to say probably years, a year, years ago, I think when I first became a Christian, I think eventually I did get to the point where I, I don't think I read the book you're referring to, or there is one that I called, I kissed dating goodbye or something like that. Yeah, that's the I don't one. know. But basically, essentially, you're supposed to court or something. And I think initially, I was like, Oh, okay, you know, that sounds like a great idea. And so yeah, I would have 
followed those rules. And I think once I did do that with someone I dated, we were both very like, not rigid, but it was very much structured in a way. We were very careful. I feel like at this point, I mean, no matter what, I feel like you should conduct yourself in such a way that brings God glory and that honors the person you're dating and honors yourself. So that's something that hasn't changed. As far as how you go about it, I think we tend to make too many rules. <laughs> like, for example, I know some people, they're like, before I date someone, I want them to first ask my parents if they can date me. And <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm the age I am now. I'm like, my parents, first of all, <laughs> would be like, what? <laughs> and honestly, I'm, I'm just too old for that. Like, I think I can make my own decisions about who to date. I feel like I'm much more laid back about it. Um, only because to me, I kind of see dating now as you're getting to know someone and you're getting to know them as a friend first. And obviously there's no intimacy that's happening, whether physical or too getting too emotionally intimate. But I think just get to know them, meet someone, go have coffee, go get ice cream, whatever, just meet, chat. And don't put so much pressure on yourself. And this is something actually Tiffany Don said. I was watching several. Yeah, she's videos. our new guru. Yeah. <laughs> Since you recommended her recently, she actually said, I mean, obviously someone should be safe. Are they responsible? Do they seem trustworthy? But you don't have to know whether you could marry them. And I think in those books about courtship, it's almost like, are they marriageable? Or you're thinking right off the bat, can I marry yes, this person? And exactly. actually that already puts your frame of mind into like picturing yourself married with this person and almost <laughs> you can get maybe too um, connected or just put too much pressure on yourself. It's like in the beginning, it's not that deep. Just respect each other, respect God in this, bring glory to God in it, but meet people and, and get to know them. And have fun with it. And have fun. Yeah. Like just have fun with it. Enjoy it. You know, it may lead to something. It might not. But either way, you either you've got to meet someone new or you got to get to know someone better or maybe you'll get a friend out of it. But yeah, I feel like at this point, I'm much more relaxed about it. And I just I'm trying to get away from rules because I mean, I tend to be someone who normally would like, I like rules. I like for direction. I like to know my boundaries <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I'm starting to learn to kind of let that go and just go to God in prayer about things. Maybe as a church, we've gotten too uptight about things and granted, I mean, I think it's good to be cautious, you know, but there but, should be a good balance. Yeah. See things that tend to go from one extreme to the other, where like, yes. and I've been to those churches, like it's so like, ah, you can't do this, you can't do, and it's like yeah. chill. I mean, <laughs> where's the grace in this? Yeah. You know well, what I mean? It's but. a very dangerous thing too. I remember one of my pastors in in Florida when someone would say, "Is something wrong, or is this a sin? Is this wrong, or is this a sin?" And his first response would always be, "It depends." And I think often we try to make things too black and white and we give other people rules. Sometimes something that might be wrong or sinful for you maybe wouldn't be for someone else. Maybe I should word it this way. Something that could be tempting for you maybe isn't tempting for someone else. And so to give someone specific exact rules, well, maybe those rules work for you. 
what tempts you or what doesn't tempt you or, or what's wise for you to do versus someone else. So I think we have to be careful. I wanted to go back to, we were talking about courtship. When I was dating M, <laughs> I thought, cause I was like, oh, I love, you know, well, I was attracted to him and then he just seemed to check off all my boxes, <laughs> mm-hmm. which my boxes have changed over the years. Mm-hmm. But I mean, oh my word, what a mess. And so <laughs> right away I was like, this is the guy I'm going to marry. And it became, it mm-hmm. had to be him. I was also like an addict, right? Like every time we broke up, we'd get back together. <laughs> so stupid. It was also because I believed, I truly believed he was the one. That kind of thinking, it wasted like, I don't know, three years of my life. Whereas if you kind of think of it like, it doesn't necessarily have to be the one or it doesn't have to be this way. Like I, there's other guys out there. And then after mm-hmm. I realized now, ew, I'm glad I'm not with him anymore. I realize what I don't want, you know? <laughs> so I think dating, just getting to know different people, you also mm-hmm. see what you don't want in somebody. Yeah, that's true. And it kind of opens your eyes to things as well. Yes. There are what, 7 billion people in the world. Surely there's more than one person who would make a good match for you. With that said, I do think it's important to be in like healthy relationship, relationships that aren't toxic and and things like that. But, and I remember Elizabeth Elliot actually made that comment when she married Jim Elliot, and then sadly he he was killed. I I think she said that she couldn't imagine being with anyone else. Like she she just mm-hmm. couldn't imagine it. And then in the end, she was married twice um, because her second husband, sadly, he also died, but from cancer. And then she was married a third time. And um, oh, was she? And someone yes, I, I knew that. And someone actually had the audacity to ask her, like, which was her favorite. <gasps> And like, no. what a terrible question, but she said, you know what? I love them all equally and they were all different and they all brought different things to the marriage. And I think that's the same with just love in general. Like there, there's more than one person out there for you. They're, they would maybe meet different needs of yours in different ways, but there's more than one good match for you. And mm-hmm. And that so, puts way anyway, too much pressure on all of those relationships. Or, it yeah. really does. It puts a lot of pressure. And I think it makes, if it doesn't work out, it makes the heartbreak even deeper. Well, I'm sure there is another amazing person out there for you, you know, so also dating. Although as an introvert, I hate dating um, <laughs> because I hate small I talk. everyone does. Really? I think some people like it. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But I remember like, I was always like, how do introverts meet people? Because when I would have to work, especially on the phones, I was so exhausted. And then um, I remember my friend, my friend tried to set me up with this guy. He was really nice. And I, I mean, I appreciated that he actually like after the second date, he was like, I don't think this will work out. And I appreciated that so much. Whereas there was another guy I dated. He waited till like seventh date where I thought, you know, this is going Mm -hmm. somewhere. And then he's like, no. And I'm like, why did you wait so long? But anyways, um, what was my point? (laughs) This always happens to me. (laughs) Um, Oh, introverts. I just hate that small talk or like, you know, when random guys on social media will message you and go, Hey, how was your day? And I'm like, good. How was yours? Good. 
what'd you do? And I'm like, why are you asking these stupid questions? I don't like that. I want to like have real dialogue with people. Mm -hmm. And so every time I get those random, like, or just somebody's constantly like, Hey, how are you? And I'm like, Oh, this again. Um, Mm -hmm. So for me, I find that really difficult and I can never get into it. I don't know. I I I said to my parents, can you just like find somebody for me? And then (laughs) But yeah, I think like it is hard to to get to the deeper conversations because even for me, I'm like, I want to skip the small talk, but obviously you can't. I mean, you have to transition. But yes, even I for me, guess I guess it depends. Like it depends because some when you get past like the the first few questions, like what do you mm-hmm. do and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But then even even talking because you know when you met those you meet those people and right away there's a connection Mm -hmm. and then other people you're just you meet them like every time you go you're just like oh so much work Mm -hmm. and I just feel like it's a lot of work until you meet Mm -hmm. that one person that's just like it's so easy but it's hard to find that I find so I hate going through all that yeah it's really hard just to get to the one easy I think that you know it isn't always going to be easy right from the beginning. I think maybe that's almost a myth that we think, oh, if there isn't a connection like right away, then this isn't the one. Sometimes it does take time. And I don't know, maybe if it's like, maybe if it's about changing our mentality or changing our perspective and looking at it as an adventure, getting to know someone um, rather than, oh no, it's a job. I need to get to know this person. And at the same time, you should be excited. Whoever you date, you should be excited to go on a date with them. If you're not, maybe, you know, maybe that's like a sign that, okay, I mean, you don't have to go on a date with someone just because you're single and they're single. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you should at least be excited, be open, but, you know, at least be excited to, to meet them, get to know them and for me, it's more just about being nervous. I get so nervous and awkward <laughs> when meeting people. And yeah, just in general, actually, I'm, I get shy and awkward. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, Which I've never seen that. You always say that. And I don't really, I don't see that, but like when we were at Oxford, I was like, I was so tired because <laughs> I didn't sleep at all on the flight. So I basically missed one night's sleep. And then, um, you were like, let's go talk to so-and-so and and let's meet that. And I was like, uh, I just want to go to bed. (laughs) I know, but you made so many friends throughout that whole week. I feel like Mm. by the end of it, you had connected with so many people and you're just so friendly and you are easy to talk to. Oh, good. But see, that's what, okay. When I say easy, I don't mean like it's easy, right? Like necessarily, but mm-hmm. there's some people where it's just like pulling teeth, trying to talk to them. Yes. I see what you mean. And I get so annoyed because I don't want to be the one always I've had, I've met those people. Where, <laughs> I think we all have where you're like, you ask them a question and then they're like, yeah. And then you're like, okay. Um, uh, oh, it's so hard. <laughs> yeah. I think socializing can be hard for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Or when people don't dating. get me right away. Like I've scared people. I remember oh, this one guy, I was like, Hey, and he's like, Oh, and I was like, oops, I think I scared that guy <laughs> or they don't know what to do with me. They're like, okay. And then I'm like, Oh, I think I'm too excitable for them. So <laughs> chill out, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that's good. It's data. Well, cares, you're learning. Right? <laughs> you're or I'm just not for everybody. That's right. okay. <laughs> yeah. And 
true for everyone. You know, you're not going to be you know, the perfect person for everyone. And that's okay. You know, we all have our preferences and, and, and that's the beauty of it because beauty is subjective. What one person likes, someone else doesn't and vice versa. And it's the beauty of it. We all have someone who would love us and we all have people who would find us beautiful. And so it's always, of course, our hope and prayer that we will meet them in this life. I feel like the whole dating process and whatever, it's not, it's not without hope, I would say. It's yeah. always, there's always hope. Like with everything. Mm-hmm. And it's how you look at it. Because I've been through certain times in my life where I'm like, there's no good men out there. All men suck. But that mm-hmm. doesn't really get you anywhere. And it's also yeah. how you talk about it. Like the self-talk or just putting it out there. Mm-hmm. And you never know. Like I used to think all the good men were taken because the guys that I would see at church, I'm like, this guy's awesome. But they're married. They're mm-hmm. taken. <laughs> and I'm like, can I just find one like that? So you kind of think they're all taken. And yet. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. So yeah, you have to kind of get out of that mindset. But Well, that's a good point that you made. We should be really careful about how we talk to ourselves, you know, because it, it, it becomes a self-fulfilled prophecy. If you keep telling yourself you're worthless, you're not desirable, no one would love you, it changes how you act, how you behave, your posture even, your demeanor. If you're going to be down and grumpy or depressed or whatever, it's going to be hard to meet people, right? Mm -hmm. And so in a way, you're almost perpetuating this myth that you believe about yourself. And then you really believe it because it's like, look, no one's coming to me. But you have to really be careful about what what kind of message you're sending about yourself to other people, you know, because we should be careful about how we talk to ourselves and it's kind of incredible some of the things we do say to ourselves because if you think about it if a friend had had been through the same situation would you say that to your friend and usually you would like you wouldn't it's yeah. not usually you definitely wouldn't <laughs> but but we <laughs> say it really to ourselves. terrible friend <laughs> yeah exactly but it's like no you like be encouraging to yourself you know and and keep having hope because you are lovable you are worthy of being loved still are lovable you are still worthy of of being loved definitely yeah having the right mindset and attitude it kind of helps and even if you stay single the rest of your life you're still worthy you're still lovable Mm -hmm. and that's one thing I've always struggled with and most Mm -hmm. of us do (laughs) and that's probably one of the reasons why I thought like if I'm not married by the time I'm 30 I'm going to kill myself because I was Mm -hmm. putting that my identity or my worthiness in somebody else wanting to marry me Mm -hmm. and that's not true at all so yeah and that's a very dangerous thing to put your Mm -hmm. identity in in a status marital status or in someone else yeah you should got to find it within yourself and within your your relationship with Christ you're totally right even if we stay single for the rest of our lives (laughs) we are still worthy of love (laughs) I hope you had as much fun listening as Viv and I did recording. I can now be found on Facebook and Instagram at Stuff Up Podcast. And you can still email me at stuffuppodcast at gmail.com. Join me next time when I go through my roommate stories. Thank you for listening and make it a great day.